Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Security Insecure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. Apart from this week, because there's two guests. Yes, as you'd have heard if you've listened to it in order, Sid Owen was episode 100 of Security and Secure. And so following 100, it's 101. And because this week we're celebrating 100 episodes of Security and Secure, I thought we need to have two guests this week. We need to have two guests to tell you it's okay to not be okay. So let me tell you about my second guest of the week. Born in 1995 to two West End performing parents, my guest today defines the term performer. After building a career in the theatre and a little spell as an estate agent during lockdown, she became a household name in the summer of 2021. A meme, and known for the best put down ever, you will know her from the 2021 series of Love Island when she entered as a Casamore bombshell, coupled up of teacher Hugo Hammond. Then, you know, after nine days, went on after Sun, slam dunked him, became a meme, and now she's out in the villa and she's returning to normal life as she wants to get back onto the West End stage. I'm delighted to welcome to Sukininska the beautiful Amy Dave. growing up in Surrey, what was life like for you in a musical family in the 90s and early noughties? So, I mean, you can imagine, I was going to shows. I, I think the first show I went to, I was actually six months old and I didn't cry. I literally sat there um, for the whole show. And it's like an ongoing story that the, there was two old ladies in the row in front of us and they turned round and they were so shocked that there was a baby behind them because they were just like, you were so quiet. So, you know, I've obviously loved musical theatre since then. My parents, obviously, they were both really busy in their careers when I was born and growing up. So we had, I think we had 13 au pairs over the space of like 15 years. So I loved that because, I don't know, it almost made me like really independent. And it was just really cool because our au pairs were like early 20s and they'd come over from, you know, Czechoslovakia, the Czech Republic. Um, We had one from France. So it just felt like we had a really cool older sibling. So, yeah, I definitely had a different childhood, but I absolutely loved it. 
So do you remember that first time? Obviously, you were six months old when you went to the theatre, but do you remember the first time you actually walked into the theatre? Because it's such a magical experience where you've got everyone from all different age groups. Like you said, there were older women, there were kids, there were teenagers, there were students, there were young professionals, all having their ice cream, and everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone knows their seat number. Everyone be, uh, goes quiet when the curtain falls, then the curtains open, part one, stop ice cream pot to finish everyone's all happy do you remember that moment that you went to the theater for the first time i really do um i think the sort of the earliest that i remember going i was i think i was seven seven or eight um and it was to see my dad in the mousetrap and at the beginning of the mousetrap it's snowing, so there's a snow machine off stage that all the actors have to go in before they come on stage because they're supposed to enter through a front door. And I just remember going and they showed us backstage and, you know, we went to see this a couple of times, had to show support for the parents, you know, and we just went in that machine all the time and it was just the best. That was probably better than the show for me, going in the snow machine. Oh, I love, when I go to the theatre and I go really regularly, I don't like watching the stage. I like watching the conductor. And also, if you ever sit, uh, this is going to sound so middle class and up myself, but if you ever sit on the stalls, you can turn around and you can see a TV screen and the TV screen shows yeah. the, uh, the, the actors on stage what's going on with the conductor. And I love watching that because I love seeing the conductor get excited. And then you go backstage and you're like, oh, look, there's all the set pieces. And then the stage just stops and you're like, Oh, now you're just back in the corridor again. It's amazing. And I always say backstage is a show in itself because people are running around, they're doing quick changes. They're, you know, there's like so much organisation backstage that you just don't see, but it's manic. It really is. It really is manic because you're right. You've got a costume area, you've got a music area, you've got people learning their lines. Then you've got all the actors who are just gossiping and you've got the actors who are taking it really seriously. And that is that full forward effect is what you want to see and it's why you know reality tv really took off because we wanted to see the reality of what it's actually like to be on tv or what the reality is of actually people just getting on with each other who don't actually know each other yeah and you know what when i watch a show i mean not only do i literally sob my eyes out once i get going i can't stop and it's like i almost cry because i'm just like these people are so talented that you know i mean theater is amazing because it allows you to forget about the real world for what two and a half hours and I just I get really nervous for the performers because uh, I know obviously it's like oh god if you forget your lines it's the worst thing or if you you know oh it, I just love it I love it so much and I can't es wait to get back into it especially when you're coming up to the big end of part one scene so basically usually the way theatres work is you'll do an hour and 10 minutes, then you'll have a 20 minute interval, and then you'll do 40 minutes at the end, and that comes up to two hours. So in, in that hour and 10, you get to that middle bit, and if you've got someone performing, like Kerry Ellis, like Marisha Wallace, like Alice Beanie, like Maz Murray, you're getting ready for that big note. You know, think Wicked, Defying Gravity, think Hairspray right in the middle, think of the winner takes all the Mamma Mia, and then that note happens and you're getting ready to stand up and having a standing ovation. And yeah. it's that moment that you're like, right, I'm in the theatre show. Do I do my standing ovation now or do I wait? And what's everyone else doing? And if I know the songs, can I sing along? What, what's the etiquette when it comes to theatre? But you're a community all in it together and everyone just does what they want to do. 
Yeah, I love that. And isn't it the best feeling when you're the first person to start the round of applause? I'm sorry, <laughs> there's no better feeling. You're like, yeah, I started that. <laughs> so the theatre obviously has been a massive passion of yours and you've obviously got into acting. Tell me about your acting career because we obviously know people, uh, Sid Owen, who was on my previous episode, went to the Anne Scher School, then there's the Sylvia Young Theatre, then there's RADA. Where did you go? I sort of growing up um, when I was younger, I'd obviously, you know, normal school, but then I'd go to stage coaches uh, and then I'd always do, you know, dancing after school, any sort of extra activity after school that was performance related. But I didn't start singing until I was about 15 because I was actually quite a shy child. Like I never wanted to go in the front row. I never wanted to like stand out and almost show off. Um, and then I went to Guildford College to study musical theatre and I did a diploma BTEC in musical theatre. And then I started auditioning for all the big drama schools in London and it was out of Erdang or the London School of Musical Theatre. So my dad, obviously, mum and dad have loads of friends in the business and one of them, she's called Michelle Thorne and she's a choreographer, she's become an agent as well. And I just remember her saying to me, Amy, you don't need three years of training. Just get, you know, the London School of Musical Theatre was an intensive one year training. So just that is an amazing opportunity. Do it and just get out into the business, into the real world. So I took her advice and I did it. And it was the most intense year of training in my life. But it was amazing. So that was at the London School of Musical Theatre. And then when I came out, I think my first gig, I was doing, you know, loads of auditions, Legally Blonde, things like that. But my first gig was Rasputin Rocks, which was a play workshop that was written by a friend. And then I did Panto, I did Cinderella. Um, and then the next year, I was offered my first cruise ship. Cruise ships were not on my agenda. I went on holiday, literally just after I'd auditioned, um, I went on holiday to Corfu. And it was honestly the most amazing place I've ever been to. It was away from Corfu town. So it was literally in the mountains, like the most picturesque, beautiful place with the most amazing food. And I just thought, I really want to travel, but I don't want to take a big gap out of the performing world. Because obviously, when you just get out of drama school, you're panicking. You're like, I can't miss a second of being auditioning. I can't let people forget me, blah, blah, blah. So I was really like, what do I do? And then I was offered a cruise ship and I thought, this is literally the best thing ever. And I was 20 years old and it was all around South America and it was amazing. I then continued to do three more ships after that. Um, and I was, a singer booked as a singer but they always made me dance always so it was really funny because I always think oh I wish I could just stand there and belt the numbers but I'd be given you know can can or something really fun which I secretly absolutely loved plus it kept me really fit so grateful for the dance numbers but yeah so I was trained in all three amazing well this is the thing you get to that point where everyone's like, oh my god you got the x factor you've got the x factor but Going on a cruise ship is another level because on a cruise ship, you get all the Broadway stars, you get that quality that you just don't get anywhere else. It feels more sexy. It's more, a lot more intimate. 
And everyone really wants to be there. It's not like you've been taken by someone. It, you want to be in that room. And honestly, those shows are sometimes better than you get in the West End. Yeah. And I mean, the, when I say the costumes were amazing, the costumes were amazing. I mean, imagine like showgirl outfits, Vegas, you know, feathers, bikinis. It was, yeah, you just felt a million dollars. And you're traveling and it's great money. And the, just, the life is just like no other. And it's really funny because you can almost, again, you're in this bubble on a ship that you can forget about everything at home. So you can forget about the scary things going on in the world because you, you feel like you're just in this safe bubble in the middle of, you know, the Atlantic Ocean. What was the reality like being on a cruise ship though? So obviously you, you perform at night time. What are you doing in the day? Are you sunbathing with... Uh, the other cruise members or are you counted as staff and you're kind of in the staff quarters? So the particular cruise line that I worked for, which was Norwegian, they weren't as strict. I know that Disney, um, I've heard friends on Disney cruise ships, they're not allowed to go in guest areas. Me as a singer, I was able to, you know, basically do whatever I wanted. I was basically a guest. I had guest status. So yeah, I could go, you know, on the sun deck, I could go to the restaurants, go to the gym. But if I'm honest, I kind of, was very lucky and the cruises that I took were quite long. So the most I'd be doing is like three shows a week, which was two shows a night. And then I was getting off in port, you know, almost every single day. So I wasn't stuck on the ship um, for a long amount of time. I just absolutely loved it. Living the life, in my opinion. And then I presume COVID happened and everything stopped. Yeah. So then what happened? Because it, it straight away, all theatres suddenly just closed. Straight away, every theatre closed. At the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was gearing up for Pretty Woman, for Jersey Boys, for Frozen, for Hairspray. We'd done all the press for it, and suddenly every show's getting cancelled. Every theatre show's shutting down. I was going into London still, and just seeing Shaftesbury Avenue, seeing the Strand, empty. Absolutely empty. Yeah. yeah. So it's so it was so eerie, wasn't it? It was like the most. It was like the end of the world. The roads were empty, there, and there was that that feeling of being in the in the wild west. You know, the dust world going past. Yeah, hay barrels rolling and things like that. Um. So on the so you know it was March twenty third that Boris put us into our first lockdown. So we were in South. I was in Southeast Asia when this was all going on. So I actually think I got COVID in November 2019 on the ship. Obviously no one really knew what COVID was at the time, but there was about, to be fair, there was only about 40 of us that got sick on a ship of about 4,000, 5,000 people. So it didn't spread like wildfire, but I had, you know, massive headache, high temperature. I coughed for about a month and, you know, we'd have the flu, we'd have a flu test and it would come back negative, but people were, begin, were being given um, inhalers. They were being told it's a respiratory infect, chest infection. So it sounds like it, right? Yeah, that, and that's it. Yeah. But you're sanitising all the time. You know, you're all on a cruise ship. You've got to be careful. Anyway, you've always been told to sanitise. You've always worn gloves when you're in the restaurant. So you would think you're in a lot safer environment. Exactly. And I definitely agree. You know, we, we had to sanitise after every show, after... Yeah, we always helped sanitise the theatre. Everyone kind of was given their own sections. We started hearing about this in about end of December, January. So we actually were hearing about COVID before the rest of the world. Then the rest of the world found out about COVID. 
And it was really scary. I was thinking, you know, when and how am I ever going to get home? We were in Dubai. We were stuck in Dubai for two weeks. And then literally two hours before we were to get off the ship, they said, right, you've got two hours, pack everything. And this was just the production cast. And we're going to get you off. We're going to fly you home. So anyway, they flew us home. And I got home the morning of the 23rd of March. And then we went into lockdown in the evening. You must have just been in like, what a bubble I'm in at the moment. I don't know what's going on. Something's happening. I'm yeah. going effectively with the flow, but this is scary. Really, really scary. So I, I was lucky because I had a, a flatmate with me during lockdown. So, you know, it was nice to have company for sure. I was doing home workouts in the kitchen. I was, when we were allowed to go for one. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. form of exercise a day I was going for a walk then we could meet friends that made a change but it was bizarre and I was going on every job I, I was one that fell through the cracks and um, financially with any sort of government scheme or financial help so I, I wasn't earning for about five months and I was desperately I was on indeed I was on you know all the job finding websites going for everything night stackers in big shops or delivery or supermarkets I was going for everything and I couldn't get a job. Early October I'd previously done some temp work for sales for loads of different development companies so St George, Barclay Homes um, to sell to sell new properties. I reached out to the temping agency and they said yeah we've just started up again. So then 
I became an estate agent at the end of October 2020. So I was really, really lucky that I had another side hustle that I'd done in previous years, which was temping um, for this company that sends out people to help sell new homes. So I was working for Barclay Homes, St. George, all of them. So I had that on my CV. So I went up for this um, interview to be an estate agent and lo and behold, I got it. So I was overjoyed because I thought, finally, I'm going to make a monthly wage. So I actually ended up loving it. The market was booming and I ended up going from being in the worst situation to the best because estate agents, they, they didn't shut during that massive long lockdown over Christmas and into the new year. So I finally had, I almost felt normal. And again, like I said, the market was booming. So we were really busy. I was making loads of commissions. So it just worked out really, really well. And then obviously went up for Love Island in January. So just, you know, was waiting to see if I'd got that, got that, then left the estate agent job in June and then did Love Island. Now I'm back. So I'm just excited to get back into the performance world now that everything is open again. Get back into the audition room, get back into the rehearsal room and, you know, who knows? West End or TV is obviously the dream. So, yeah, just got to manifest, don't you? Well, as you say, every Amazon reason, you had a two-year stopgap, really, to reset. Because although you wanted to be a performer, although you had done the cruises, you wanted to be in the West End and therefore it's giving you that chance to be an estate agent and earn some money and get some good money that you've got in the bank safe. Right, let's part that. Then you've got the chance to go on Love Island. We'll come back to that in a second, but you've done a TV show that's given you a platform now where you're now a household mainstream name and that therefore that will help carry you into going back to the West End now where you're not necessarily having to audition and fight with everyone else because it's let's have Amy Day, she's got a following. We need her as much as we need Curtis Pritchard, as much as we need Amy Hart, because you've got that following that's going to bring people into the theatre who don't normally go to the theatre before. Exactly, exactly. So everything happens for a reason. So let's go back to January. Why Love Island? What was going on in your love life that you thought, right, I need to go on Love Island now? So for honestly the past three, four years, I've had friends and family, you know, randomly say to me, oh, you'd be so good on Love Island. You, sh you need to go on Love Island. And three years ago, I was in Mexico with family friends. And one of the family friends was Denise. Now, Denise actually runs a PR management company. So she, she said to me, just as a one-off, she said, look, I actually know the casting producer of Love Island, let me just send screenshots of your Instagram pictures to him and just see what he says. Just see what he says. And I said, okay, why not? Anyway, apparently he literally responds within two minutes and is like, get her to send in the, you have to do like a little one minute video just talking about yourself and the application form. And he said, we will fast track her. She's amazing. We love her. So I was actually dating someone at that time, so I didn't do it that year. Anyway, last year, didn't do it, but it was cancelled. So this year, I was like, do you know what? Now is my time. I have to do it. So I just did it. 
and then went on it. And it, it would all be very different if you had gone it last. Obviously, this year, your series was very much about you and Hugo. And, well, it kind of gave you the starter to what then happened on after some. But before all that happened, you find out you're going into the villa. Denise has sorted out you. Denise, who is one of my dearest friends, I've got a lot of love for her, et cetera, et cetera. She um, gets you on the show. You then find out you're going on and it becomes a reality. And yeah. you're, you know, you're, you're three weeks before you go in there. How are you feeling in that moment? Because there's a part of you as an actress that doesn't want to get stereotyped because you could be just seen as a reality star. As well. You want to be seen as a West End star. And all that hard work you've done could easily have been ruined by Love Island. Yes. So in my mind, I think you know, I'd really struggled um, through COVID. Obviously, like everyone, everyone's mental health has been such a focus because you know everyone just needs to reach out and know that we're all in the same boat where everyone's feeling this so I just thought I need something to change I almost thought I've got nothing to lose almost so I know you can never you're never in charge of I'm never in control of how you're going to be edited but I almost just knew and from the support of my friends and family they just thought Amy if you're just yourself I don't know how they would edit you in the wrong way. So I think it was just the support of everyone around me that just said, you have to do it. And I wasn't nervous at all. I wasn't nervous or scared. I was just really, really excited for the opportunity to go on it. So I was just full of excitement, which was so lucky. So do you think you were edited fairly in the whole process then? Um, I definitely don't think I had enough airtime but again I wasn't part of the drama the drama for me <laughs> started after I'd been voted out of the villa and um, then you decide to pipe up after all that time nine days in there you then go on after them then you pipe up and then you're like oh I wish you'd stayed a bit longer now I know I know but yeah that's the only thing and you know it, it, that's also come from sort of you know fans and family and friends that have said, I just wish they gave you a bit more airtime. But, you know, I've come out and people have said, you stay true to yourself, you were so genuine. So again, that's all I can really ask for. Well, listen, you had the perfect time in the villa. Look, you got friendly with people, you had a friendship group. And it's a big year this year because it was very much boys versus girls. And there were so many times of movie night and everything that happened with Jake and Liberty recently that it's been very divided, but you never really found yourself, Amy, actually being in that divide. You seem to be friends with just everyone. Yeah, again, that's, that is me. Um, sort of in school, in everything I've done, I have been friends with everyone. So I'm actually really glad you've said that. That's really nice to hear. But it's true, you know that. You know you didn't become divisive. And I think it, it's, it's one of those things as well of Love Island that, there's so much focus on the way you look. As much as the way you act, there's also a lot of focus on your, the way you look. And like you said, your family friends said, look, you need to go on Love Island. How are you feeling about your body before you went on the show? Because everyone knows if you go on Love Island, you've got to look the Love Island way. And although the cast are trying to be a bit more diverse, you know really that comes down to ethnicity, not body shapes. So this is so interesting. So obviously I've, during, you know, being a performer, you are almost made to be body con conscious because you have to make sure that you're in shape, you continue to fit your costumes. Um, for example, on the cruise ships, they would weigh us sort of once every two weeks to, just to make sure that we were staying you know, healthy and that the costume designers didn't have to keep altering the costumes. 
So for me, I'm actually really grateful because I've done something that's kept me healthy, healthy more than fit, but healthy and fit. But when I went on the show, I actually, I couldn't care less what I looked like. And all the girls, we were saying a similar thing to each other. It's just, I don't know what it is. It's, it's almost like, this is what I am. So I can't really lie about it. So why would I, you know, why would I care? Yes, I'm going to wake up in the morning and, you know, look tired and, and not have loads of makeup on. But that is, that's me and that's normal. And I think just also it was really hot. Like it was so hot in the villa and outside. So again, I just really couldn't care less what I looked like. Right, we've got some questions from your fans. Are you ready for some? I am ready. Let's go. Okay, let's go with... Maisie wants to know how tall are you? I am 5'8". Um, I, sometimes I'm 5'9". Uh, it just depends. I remember going to audition for showgirl things and they always say minimum height 5'9". And I just about got away with it because in heels as well, you know, I'm like six foot. So yeah, we'll go with 5'8 now. I almost feel like I've shrunk with my old age of 25. <laughs> uh, Lucy says, what, what drink do you get at Starbucks? Oh, okay. I always get... In the summer, I get an iced coconut vanilla latte. And then obviously in the winter, I get a hot vanilla coconut latte, but it's gotta be coconut milk. It's either vanilla or caramel, but I'm gonna pick vanilla. What do you get? I get a large, well, I'm very specific and they hate me in there, but a large hot chocolate, extra hot with coconut milk and a shot of gingerbread syrup. Oh, it's like a gingerbread yes, brown latte, it's amazing. Milk. Coconut milk just conquers all. I used to be oat, and then for me, it just started tasting really oaty, ironic. But so I, I went over to coconut and I love it. I love coconut milk. It's a lot lighter. It doesn't feel as heavy as normal milk. That's why I like it so much. Yeah, it's gorge. And also coconut water as well. I'm a big fan of coconut water. Anything coconut, like coconut oil. And yeah, love it. Here for it. Favourite pair of heels and why from Geordie underscore rules is your next question. My favourite heels. It's got to be my Louboutins. It was just a big deal when I was bought these. I think I was 18 and the guy I was with, we just went out for the day in London. And he said, come on, let's just go in Selfridges because I'd never actually been in Selfridges at this point. So he then went, oh, let's go and look at Louboutins. So we went in and I tried them on. And anyway, I didn't really like any of them. And then the, uh, the staff member, she said, actually, hang on, we've just had, it was the So Kate's, and it was the first time they'd come out, they'd been released. And she brought them outside. And I tried them on and I went, oh, they're gorgeous. Anyway, turn round. He's only gone and bought them for me. It's about 450 pounds. And it was for Ascot. And I still have them. I've probably worn them about three times in the past seven years. But they're just nice to look at and they're very special. So they're my favourite pair of heels. This is why I'll never understand girls. I just don't understand how girls spend all that money on shoes and then never wear them. Uh, next question, has any famous people stood into your DMs? No one famous like Sir Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, please reach out to me anytime. Um, but it's, it's mostly like, you know ex-islanders or you know reality stars just mainly showing their support saying you know well done for going on there because obviously they know how hard it can be 
so nothing too juicy just yet, but I'll spill the beans to you, you know, later on when things progress. I mean, is that a part, is it a part of you that goes, if there's a guy studying into a DM, that if it's Red Star, they're trying to hit on you because they know you're single and they know you're available and they now know that you're in their world effectively. So they kind of accept you now. Yeah, almost. It is like, and people have said this to me, they're like, it's almost like the Love Island click. Like if you've been in, you're immediately kind of family, which I think is actually really, really lovely. And, you know, past Islanders have spoken out about their experiences and they just, they know. No one will know what it's like mentally, physically, you know, until you actually have experienced going on the show. So you almost share that like secret world. But it must be hard as well, because you did the show for nine days. You left a couple of weeks ago. You then have the week where you come out where you've got lots of interviews about it and you're like, oh, you know, last Friday I was doing this. Then you've got the second week. You're like, oh, I'll do a bit more interviews, but like, now it's two weeks ago. Where's your head at now? Are you like, yeah, I did Love Island, but I've done it. I'm over it now. I'm now West End performer. I'm just focusing on that now. Are you still like, I'm in this Love Island bubble until it finishes on Monday? And then there'll be another week of parties and seeing everyone and then we're done. Because how do you know when that cutoff point is? Yeah, that's really interesting. I think, again, I'm really open. Like I'm reaching out performance-wise already. Um, but also I've got loads of things Love Island related lined up. I think also August is a bit of a random one. August isn't super, super busy in terms of events and things going on. So there's actually quite a bit lined up in September um so again i'm i'm still doing love island like bits and bobs but then i'm also reaching out like i if i was offered hollyoaks tomorrow i would start doing hollyoaks do you know what i mean i'm not closing the door to anything basically amy day Episode 101 done. The end of the week of 100 episodes of Secure the Insecure. If you've liked what you heard, please go onto iTunes, go onto the podcast app, go down, give it a five-star rating and leave a review. Let's keep saying it's okay to not be okay. Next week, Kate Thornton joins me on the podcast. I can't wait to hear to hear that. What an amazing person. She's got an amazing podcast as well called White Wine Crushing Time. Go and check that out. But you know, first of all, do all 101 episodes of Security and Secure. I've been Johnny Seifert. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.